Shalom Aleichem, Shavua Tov, all of you listeners of this great station, station of Dibre Musar, Dibre Oreru, Dibre Torah, Halachot, and of course religious music. This is Rabbi Albaz from SLC, and I'm going to speak about Parashat Lech Lecha. Have you ever gone to a uh, the arrival uh, uh, the place in, in the airport and when you when you see as people are coming coming out of the plane into the arrival area um, you see how the loved ones are there ready for them and they hug them they embrace each other there's a lesson to learn from this Uman Rosh Hashiva said, look how hard, how tough, how difficult, how sad is separation and how great, how beautiful, how joyful is when there is reunion. Separation is bad. But right here in the parasha that we read yesterday, Avraham Avinu suggests exactly that separation. Just the opposite. Reunion is the best. Avraham Avinu suggesting separation. What happened? It says in the Torah, in Perek Yud Gimel, Vayhiriv ben ro'emikne Avraham u ben ro'emikne Lot. There was a quarrel. It was, there was a fight, you know, there was a strife between the shepherd of Abram and the shepherd of Lot. What is, what was the quarrel about? Rashi explains to us what the quarrel is about. He says that the, the shepherds of Lot, they were wicked, they were Shaim, and used to take their cattle to graze in lands that didn't belong to them. It was Gezel. And the shepherds of Avram, they were mochehimotam, they were rebuking them. He says, guess what you're doing, you're stealing. But you know what? They got some, some answer of their own. False logic. He said, wait a minute. He said, they, they say like this, you know that Akadoshwaruch who gave Avram Avinu the whole land. He promised him this land. So, he has no uh, Yoresh, no one to inherit him except Lot. So if he is the inheritor, so it belongs to him. But the Torah specifically says, The land belonged at that time to the Canaanites and the Perizzites. So how could that be? It's pure gazelle. But they have their own reasons. They don't accept the fact that it's a gazelle. Oh, I have uh, some... Illogical reason. So what happens? Abraham says to Lot, Listen, I, I, I don't want uh, this kind of uh, uh, strife and uh, this kind of fights between them. Uh, listen, let, let's, you know what? He parted Nami Alai. Stay away from me. We're going to separate. You go left, I go right. You go right, I go left. So why is Abraham Avinu all of a sudden now telling him 
He parted na. It's his nephew. Separation is tough. But this is what I'm suggesting. Well, I'll tell you what Rabbi Yosef Albo said. Rabbi Yosef Albo lived around 600 years ago in Spain. And he's one of the most famous authors of the Spanish e era. He was a great scholar, philosopher, as is well known for his great work, Sefer Ay Karim. Rabbi Yosef Albo was a gifted speaker. He served as a preacher traveling from city to city to encourage the people, the Jews, to stay strong to their faith in the Torah. As you know, those are the days of the Inquisition. And there were a lot of Catholic missionaries that they tried to influence the Jews and convert them. But Rabbi Albon, he, his sermons did a great deal to counteract those bad influences. So he said the following. He said, yeah, there is a mitzvah of ochiyah to ochiyah etamitecha. Sure, there is a mitzvah. You see someone doing a sin, you have to go tell him, hey, you're sinning. But then he said, there are two cases where don't bother with that person. What one case is if he doesn't want to listen at all. He says, I'm right. What are you telling me? I'm Michal Shabbat? Ah, I did the right thing. An important feeling, I'm going to do the right thing. Just forget about that guy. If he's not willing to listen at all, and he's telling you he did right, there's no way you're going to uh, be successful with him. Second, he's not saying he did the right thing, but he's saying, oh, perhaps it's a sin, but I have a reason why he did it. I have a good reason why. And he's going to give you some kind of a false reason why he did it. He says, at that point, forget it. Don't bother with him. Stay away from him. It's going to give you some false reasoning. Stay away from him. And this is what happened over here. That's why Abraham Avinu said to him, Stay away from me. Why? Because the shepherds, they were doing gesel, they were sinning. And yet... They had their own reason. Oh, we got our reasoning here. We're doing the right thing. They're false, illogical reasons. That's why Abraham Avinu said, stay away. Rabutai, I can't possibly just forget about what's happening in Israel nowadays. But you know what? It's exactly what's happening today. People... The Arabs are spreading false lies. False lies. And they think they're right. There's no way that we're going to sit down and talk to these people when they always have this false reasoning. This past week, the chief rabbi of Israel, the Ashkenazic chief rabbi, Rabbi David Lau, happened to be at a luncheon in the Lower East Side in a kosher restaurant a lot of people there, but also present were about a dozen imams and Muslim leaders. An imam is like, uh, you know, 
Lehavdil, a rabbi for the Muslims. And he was asked, you know, to comment what's going on. So he stood up and he took out his cell phone. And he says, this cell phone, this is a beautiful machine, he says. But this machine can be extremely destructive. The Arabs were spreading false messages that Israel is about to annex or take over the Aqsa Mosque or destroy the Aqsa Mosque. This is what they were saying to the people. Why? To incite them. In order to make sure this, you know, you know how it is, you know, many, many, many Arabs, you know, they have no sechel, they're naive. Whatever the leaders tells them, they're going to do it. That's why they have so many suicides. But that's what happened. So they went ahead and started stabbing. Illogical reasons, false things, fallacies. Another lie. The president of the West Bank. Uh, Abbas, Mahshimu, you know what he said? There was a, a 13-year-old terrorist that was stabbing a kid, and they took him to the hospital, and Abbas said publicly, Israelis are executing a 13-year-old. Meantime, he was getting the best care in the hospital from Israeli doctors, Israeli nurses, and delicious food. Getting better and better. Lies. Imagine if it was the other way around. Let's say that there was some kind of a 13-year-old Jew in Iraq, Iran, uh, Syria, any Arab country. And he stabs an, an Arab. And they take him. What do you think they'll do to him? Forget it. That thing is going to be uh, executed immediately. Or Israel, oh, they have to have a double standard here. And you know something? Israel has a double standard. They're very, very nice. Very nice to the uh, Israeli Arabs. Or any other Arab, actually, as a matter of fact. As long as they don't bother them, Israel is okay. You know, there was this uh, Israeli Arab journalist. Uh, it was a woman, a young lady. Her name Lucy Aharish. And she was bold enough to say publicly on Channel 2 television in Israel. And among things that what she was saying, I don't care what the reason is. I don't care if it's religious, political, or otherwise. There's no way to justify seeing a woman or a man taking a knife and just stabbing another civilian. No way. You know what? For that, she was rewarded. What? She had death threats. Phone calls, letters, death threats. Because she was telling the truth. That's how the Arab work. You know, Amnesty International, <laughs> supposedly, you know, a well-known uh, 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 organization, you know what it says? It says, you know, the police and the soldiers are too quick to kill. In other words, an Arab comes, a terrorist, takes a knife, and he stabs somebody, and the soldier is too quick to kill him. No, he shouldn't, he shouldn't let him. Oh, let him, let him stab more and more and more. Then he, then he kill him. Mishugayim. Tipshut. 
Let me say something. The Aksa Mosque site in that whole area of the Temple Mount was the site of the Beit HaMikdash. The entire world seems to forget about that. All they know, oh, this belongs to you. Yeah, that, this is, you know, there's an Arab shrine. This was the site of Beit HaMikdash way, way before. Mikdash Rishon and Sheni, 410 years, 420 years, we talk about it, way over 800 years. No, that doesn't matter. But you know what? This Aqsa Mosque was built in the year 705. In the year 746, there was an earthquake, and it was completely demolished. But then it was rebuilt again. And there was another quake in the year 1033. Again, it was demolished. But they rebuilt it again. But you know, Hashem can always bring another earthquake. Destroy it again. And as that Hashem, the Mashiach will come and rebuild our Mikdash in there. We're going to hope always for the Mashiach that we're going to be, he's going to come quickly and deliver us from our enemies. But now I would like to turn my attention to another part of the Torah. And this is talking about the mitzvah of Mila, which is which discussed in our parasha. The first one that had the Mila was Avraham Avinu, 99 years old. Then Ishmael at 13. Ishak, Avinu was the first one. They were eight days old. I can't, of course, stress enough or emphasize enough the importance of the Milah. It says, for example, Rabbi Ishmael Omer, Gedola Milah, Shenechretu Alea Shilosh Esre Beritot. Mila is important, so important that there were 13 covenants. So 13 times the word berit appears in the parasha of the Brit Mila. Rabbi Yosef Omer, Gedolai Mila, Shedohai Shabbat. The Mila pushes off, overrides the Shabbat, even though on Shabbat we're not supposed to do certain things in this. Can do a wound. The Mila, it overrides it. And Gedulah Milah, she called a mitzvot she asked Abraham Avinu. All the mitzvot Abraham did, lo nikra shalem, it was not called complete, ad shemal, until he had the Milah. As it says, italech lefanai vehiyetamim. You'll be, italech lefanai, let's talk about the Milah, vehiyetamim, you'll be complete. Now, another thing, and this one I'd like to explain a little, a little more. That if not for that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wouldn't have created the world, if not for the Mila. Now, how do we understand that? How do we understand that? Before I get to the crux of the answer, I want to say, a couple of things about the Mila. There is some play uh, in the, 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 the Gemara brings a case of Akilas Hager. 
Achilles was the nephew of the emperor, Hadrian. He went to his uncle. He said, I'm going to convert to Judaism. Why are you converting? These people are downtrodden. They're oppressed. They're always down. He says, well, I want to learn the Torah. They have a beautiful thing called the Torah, and I want to study it. So his uncle says to him, okay, go ahead, study the Torah, but don't make the milah. What he answered him? Akilas again answered, if you take all the great sages that you have, the best, the best hakamim that you have there in the palace, and you tell them to learn and study Torah without the milah, they'll never succeed. You have to have the milah before you can study the Torah. Perhaps this is what we say uh, during the Brit Milah. In other words, now that he has the berit, now he can be machnis la Torah misvot. Now he would be uh, uh, able to receive, study the Torah properly. One question many people ask is, Hashem did not indicate specifically where the Mila is supposed to be. How did Abraham know that the, that, that the, uh, the Mila is supposed to be in the male organ? How did he know? Because he said like this, I'm going to give this berit between you and me. And immediately after that, and then you'll multiply greatly. So here was the hint that it is the organ that is involved in multiplying. The Rambam says about the Mila, he says the Mila reduces desire. And being that the Arayot is a great sin, a grave sin, so this will decrease the Yaserara. But, and, and as a matter of fact, there is a, a little anecdote that's told in the Midrash about someone by the name of Rabbi Shimon of Stromboli in Italy. At that time, the authorities made Gezerot, two Gezerot, no Shabbat and no Mila. <laughs> These are the pillars of our religion. You know what to do. So the Rabbi Shimon of Stromboli said, okay, I'll go and I'll, I'll plead in front of the emperor. He goes, he says, uh, you don't like the Jews, do you? He said, no, they're my enemies. Okay. Do you want your enemy to be rich? He says, no, I don't want to be rich. Well, if you take away the Shabbat, they're going to be working only... <laughs> They're going to be only six days a week. If you, if you tell them they have to work on Shabbat, they're going to be richer. She says, oh, well, you're right. So let them not work on Shabbat. That's fine. Then he said, do you want your enemy to be strong? Or do you want him to be weak? So I want to be weak. Well, he says, the Milan, it will somehow uh, uh, make him a little weaker. He said, oh. You're right. So the Gezerot 
were taken away. But there's, there's other things, there's other reasons. There's a reason that this is a tikkun haguf by man. The Torah says, mm-hmm. At the end it says, mm-hmm. He rested from all his work. Asher barai looking, la'asot. He created to do. To do what? He created. That's enough. What's to do? There are many, there are many uh, pshatim, there are many pirushim. Look up Rashi also has his own pshat there. But there is another pshat. Asher barai lokim, who created the world and everything else. But there's something that he left for the human being to complete. And one of them is the Mila. Hashem wants us to be mitztaref with him in creation. As a matter of fact, there's a Midrash Tan Huma that says, there was this famous Turnus Rufus Harasha, who was a Rasha, a Roman officer. He asked Rabbi Akiva, he says, Is it Maasim Naim? Shall I Kadush Baruchu? Or shall I Basavadam? What's, 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 What's better? The works of Hashem or the works of the human being? Now, obviously, the works of Hashem <laughs> are much better. But Rabbi Akiva was smart enough. He said to him, Shil basar vadam na'im. Shil basar vadam yotar tov. Amale, First he says, Ari ha-shamayim ve'ares. Can you do anything about... Can you do something similar to the moon and the sun? So I say, wait a minute, don't, don't talk to me about the sun. Talk about what's going on in the, in the earth right here. She said, okay. Why did, why Kadushwarhu did not create uh, a man? Mahul. Already done. He says, I knew you were going to ask me that question. He says, bring me kernels of wheat and bring me a delicious cake. And he shows it to this Rasha. Say, which is better, tastier, more delicious, the kernels of wheat or the beautiful, delicious cake? The kernels of wheat are made, come natural from Hashem. The cake, that we do it. And he says, he takes, uh, bring me flax, plain flax, and bring me some beautiful clothing made out of flax. He says, do you see the difference? He said, then why Hashem did not uh, create man mahul? He says, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to be mitzaref, the Bnei Israel, in this mitzvah. Hashem Barelokim la'asot. Hashem wants us also to help. And this is one of them. But the best reason here is what the Kliyaka says. Listen what the Kliyaka says. But he says Hashem is, ask, is telling us to remove the Orla in order to remove the Orlat Halev, the Orla from the heart. And since we cannot cut the heart, so we do, we do the orla from the male organ instead. What does that have to do? What do I have to do with the other? 
I'll do it with the other. Well, perhaps we can explain it like this. There's nothing precious in the world to a man, to a father, is when he has a son. That's a bundle of joy. Beautiful, beautiful baby. Then he knows he has to, to make the milah. Now, the milah means what? Means that pain for his son. It's blood running. Means expensive as all that. All kinds of things. His mind is saying to him, why are you doing this? This is bad for you. You're causing pain. Why are you doing it? His heart says, never mind what my mind and my sechel, my logic is saying. Hashem said, do it. I do it. Now, this is the idea behind it. We are subjugating our heart. We're subjugating our sechel, our mind, to our heart. The mind says, don't. You're causing pain, bleeding, expenses. The heart says, no. It doesn't matter. We're going to follow what Hashem says. Now, this is why, perhaps, one of the reasons why it says, um, if Akadosh Baruch Hu, Im lo beriti, if not for the, the, the this this beriti, the Brit Milan, Hokot Shamay Vaaretz, he says, he would not create the world. Because this this Brit Milan now we see is really uh, letting a person to subjugate his heart, to subjugate, yes, his mind to the heart. The heart is more important. What Hashem says, we do. It becomes a hawk. We don't care if there's any pain. We don't care what, what the costs are. We don't care what anything is. Hashem said so. We're going to follow Hashem. And that is the most important thing in doing the mitzvot and the study of the Torah. And if we don't have that, then there's no reason why Hashem should create the world at all. We always say that every mitzvah, even though there could be reason for it, we always have to follow the mitzvah as if it is a hawk. It says, Zot hukata Torah. What do you mean it's hukata Torah? We talk about the paraduma. It says, Zot hukata Torah. The paraduma is a hawk. But it says, the hukata Torah. The entire Torah. Why? Because just like the paraduma is a hawk, then every other mitzvah. We have to look at it as, oh, there are reasons. We can always go into reasons. But we do the mitzvot because we are subjugating our mind to our heart. Our heart says, do it. <clears throat> Hashem said so, we're going to do that. And once that happens, then we'll be always doing the mitzvot, studying the Torah, fulfilling all our traditions and, and all the mitzvot of the Torah. And that is why it's important to understand the, the importance of the, of, of, of the Brit Milah. And that's why Hashem created the world, because we can study the Torah and fulfill its mitzvot. <clears throat>
hear that song that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should help us all. We always do the mitzvot. Always do them as if they were hukim, every single one of them. Be'ezat Hashem, with that, will speed up the coming of the Mashiach. Amen. I want to remind you again that this particular station, which is a really very religious station, I want you to try your best. The best you can do to help it, it has to continue. Also, uh, I think I mentioned before that our social hall, our ballroom, has been completely renovated. It's going to be something absolutely stunning. If you have any simha, please come and look us up. It'll be ready in about two, three weeks. It shall be ready for any simha. Bar mitzvah, brit milah, wedding, bidona ben, whatever. We'll be very happy to accommodate you. Shavua Tov and Tiskola Miswot.